Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy Podcast. You're listening here on anchor.fm slash unspeakable dash joy or on the ministry website, unspeakable-joy.com. Thank you for listening in today. I'm Joy Sixtos, host and founder of Unspeakable Joy Podcast. I appreciate you taking time to join us today as we hear a word from myself. I actually ministered at a Bible study a couple weeks ago on behalf of my church, Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area. I'm there as an associate minister under Pastors Ruben and Rosie Trevino. And so I ministered at the Bible study about restoration and how God is turning everything around for our good, even as we wrap up this year of 2021. I cannot believe I'm saying that or that I'm saying this, that 2022 is right at the door. I'm excited though and expecting great things in 2022 of what the Lord will do through this podcast, through the ministry he's given me, and just through my life in general. And I'm excited to see how he will use us all in ministry to do great exploits and greater works as he promised us and even prophesied unto us in the word of God. So sit tight, grab your Bible, grab a notebook, take some notes, and let's go ahead and go to that Bible study now. Okay, well, good evening, everyone on Facebook World, Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for those of y'all here tonight. We are at the Yorktown Bible Study on behalf of Good News Church, where Jesus is alive and miracles still happen today. I'm Joy Sixtos, an associate minister there at the Good News Church under Pastors Ruben and Rosie Trevino, whom I love and adore, whom I see as family, our church family. I see as family after all the years that I've been blessed to be a part of GNC. And even those of you here, we have done life together for years. It is good to see Sister Margie back again today. But we have done life together for years here at this Bible study. I was meditating on that before I came and I was remembering that Pastor Ruben and Rosie have had us doing this consistently uh, with a little break here and there twice, I believe, but consistently for about eight years. That is a long time. I was in my 20s eight years ago, <laughs> and now I'm in my 30s. Sister Juanita, we we're talking about that, but praise God for faithfulness. Praise God for their faithfulness to the church, to this particular ministry outlet that they have. You know, even the times that they've been able to come and be a blessing to the people here at the Bible study, or even through the outreaches that they do through, um, you know, the Lutheran church and other places that we've rented facilities before to just minister to the people of this area, the Yorktown, Nordheim, Quero area, and beyond. So praise God for that. If you're just tuning in, thank you for joining. My name is Joy. We'll be having our two, uh, our second and fourth Bible studies that we have. This is the first one for November on this second Tuesday. So we appreciate you for watching. Let us know where you're watching from. We always love to see who's tuning in here in the state of Texas within the United States, and even abroad. So thank you for giving us your time, whether you're watching live or even archived. Amen? Um, as far as announcements, the last Sunday of this month, we have our Friends and Family Sunday at Good News Church. 
And Sister Alice Solis, also an associate ordained minister there at Good News, will be ministering. And it's always a blessing to hear from her, from any of the ministers. But from her, she has a powerful anointing, even a healing anointing, that goes forth and ministers to the people and is a complete blessing. And we've seen, I mean, the miraculous come forth through her life and even what God has done in her life for her to bring about a supernatural manifestation of healing and wholeness. So we're going to have that. And then in December, the first Sunday in December, is Prophetess Rosie Trevino's uh, service there. And it'll be the Christmas banquet. So that's always a blast uh, to see who, you know, is blessed with what and you rejoice with somebody else. And then you get blessed and you rejoice with somebody else. And it's just an exciting time. And, of course, we have um, a meal. That's even better. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Fellowship, Brother John said. That's right. So that's going to be a great uh, time. And the year is winding down. I don't know about you, but it has just gone fast. It has flown by. But through it all, we've seen the faithfulness of the Lord. And, you know, things have gone on this year, last year, you know, unexpected things. You know, if you think back to January, February, March, and what all God has brought us through, even some things my family has been going through recently, you know, sometimes you get a curveball. Sometimes things come up. Sometimes things come up that are not pleasant that we go through that we were expecting in a way. You knew something was coming, so you kind of prepare yourself and get ready. Get prayed up, you know, get, ask your, 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 your leadership at church to pray for you. Ask your pastors to pray for you, different people. And you just fight the good fight of faith, you know. And sometimes we get unexpected things that come up and we just have to say, Lord, renew that strength within me. The strength of the word of God, the strength of your spirit, the word that I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Help me to turn to that. Help me to lean on that and help me to get through. And I tell you what, he's been faithful. He's been so faithful. He's gotten us through some small things this year and some great things this year. Whether it's pertaining to work, whether it's pertaining to family, friends, whatever area of our life, mental health even, he has brought us through. And I believe as we finish the year well, and as we finish the year strong, he's going to restore. He's going to restore what the enemy has tried to steal from us, where the enemy has tried to kill things in our lives or even our own life itself. And he's going to bring about what John 10, 10 talks about in the latter part of that scripture, life and life in abundance. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Restoring and restoration. Can somebody say that? Restoration. Restoration. Restoring. If you look at a store, like Lily will be getting a job soon. If you look at a store, we go in to do what? We purchase the products on the shelf, right? We go into a store. You see the milk, you see the cheese, you see the bread, you see, uh, if you go to a boutique, clothes and jewelry and a bakery, you see cookies, whatever the product is that you're going to purchase, you go into a store. Now, for whatever reason, if there's ever a shortage of supplies, you go to a store, like 2020, right? And there's no toilet paper on the shelf. <laughs> right? And you're like, when are they going to restock? When is there going to be restoration? I need these products, you know? And so all in all, what I wanted to talk about tonight is restoration, the restoring, the restocking, the re-benefit uh, of the Lord that is already ours, you know, whether we 
gave it up on accident through sin, whether we, um, you know, allowed the enemy to come in, allowed temptation to overtake us, gave in to certain thoughts that were not of God, whatever happened where things were stolen from us this year, they will be restored. Yes. There will be restoration. And we rejoice now. We praise God now. And we, we give him the glory now for the manifestation. And all that means is the showing, the proof, the tangible proof that he has given us back what the enemy has stolen. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. Again, for those of you watching, thank you for tuning in. Let us know where you're watching from. And we're glad that you are studying God's word with us tonight. Let's look at Psalm chapter 51, verse 12. Psalm chapter 51, verse 12. And the last part of that scripture says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. They're talking to the Lord. And uphold me with a willing spirit. I tell you what, when we have things taken from us, if you've ever been robbed, hopefully you've never been robbed. You know, you, you hear about people where their houses burn down or, you know, extreme things that happen. Things are taken from you. Relationships are broken. Uh, for different reasons, people may have envy against you or, or hatred or try to sell you out or, you know, uh, there's manipulation. Whatever is, is brought against you in a wrongful way. We ask God to restore us, right? We desire that restoration. Well, even the joy of our salvation, having that, that freedom we find in Christ where we are saved, we're born again, and we're a new creation and everything feels new, that newness can be restored to us and the joy that we first had in the sense that when God restores and brings back what has been stolen, we feel refreshed, we feel anew, we feel like, like when you first come out of the, the shower, the bathtub, you feel clean. You're like, don't don't make me do nothing. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to sweat. Put a fan on me. Put the air, right? I don't want to get dirty. I feel fresh and new and restored and clean. God can do that and he will do that. So just like when we, we got born again, we got saved, and we gave our lives to Christ for the first time, and we wanted to tell everybody about it, right? Friends, family, neighbors. We wanted to read our Bible. We wanted to be known that we were a Christian. We... Maybe put on Christian t-shirts or regalia or put that bumper sticker on our car, right? I love Jesus. Jesus loves you. You know, that same joy, that same jubilation we can have again, not just in the sense of salvation and a renewed relationship with the Lord, a renewed intimacy with the Lord, knowing him that much more, but just in general, having joy to, to have peace again. Having joy to know, hey, I was struggling in this area. Or the enemy tried to steal this and this and this. But I am being restored. God gave me back and then some. It's like when you uh, see boxing tournaments. I really don't like to see boxing. <laughs> because I'm like, why would you want to hit somebody for a sport? <laughs> but some people like boxing. But you see boxing and they're just like, mm, they're going at it, right? And an uppercut and a punch and all the other types of hits. You know, the terminology for it. And they're going at it with a vengeance. Have you ever felt like that before? Whether it's spiritually, mentally, physically, yeah. We felt like that, right, Brother John? We feel like we're being knocked out. And sometimes we do get knocked out. Yeah, you feel like you're flattened and pressed. You feel like where they're counting one, two, three, right? And you feel like, just call it. Just call it rest because I'm done. I don't have strength to get up. But that's where the Lord gives us this joy and the strength. What does the Bible say in Nehemiah 8, 10? 
the joy of the Lord, knowing who he is, what benefits he's given us, what authority he's given us in his name, through his name, through the blood, through the word, everything. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. It's our spinach, right? When we're Popeye, the sailor man. It's our supernatural strength where we don't have to fight the battle in our own power, in our own ability, okay? We can lean and trust in the Lord and depend on him, lean on him and not in our own circumstance or, or abilities per se, and we can know that he's going to work things out. So he's going to restore to us and to me and to you the joy of our salvation, the joy of all things, and uphold us with a willing spirit. He's going to give back to us. A um, couple years ago, I was praying for a lady um, in a particular church service that I was ministering at. And when I saw her, I had this vision right away. And later, things panned out and the, the confirmation of that came forth. And months later, after that, I reminded her, after a situation came up, I reminded her, do you remember that vision? And she was just like, <gasps> her jaw was on the ground. And I said, do you remember the Lord showed me that? And I shared it with you that same time, that same day after the service. And look at how everything's played out. And so the joy of her salvation was that in that uh, vision, I saw a boxing ring. And I saw a light on the boxing ring. And I saw that particular person fighting the opponent fighting and this is all in a millisecond but the lord would speak to you like that sometimes and when the person was fighting and had these gloves on right you see the red uh boxing gloves was fighting was fighting and then was getting weary i was getting weary i was kind of moving like they're gonna fall out they're gonna pass out and sure enough before they fell i saw somebody had like tagged them in themselves in and the person went out of the the vision the picture and what i saw was jesus and he came up you know, and you know how they take their robe off and stuff. They're like, okay. He came up, even though he still had his robe in a way. His red gloves were huge. They were huge. And what he was saying to her is, I got this. I got this fight. Okay? I'm going to restore what the enemy's trying to beat you up, put you down, put you in chains, put you in bondage. You know, just steal, kill, and destroy. And so Jesus went up there and with one punch, boom, it was a knockout. So she had the victory because he was victory. He brought the victory quickly, swiftly. And so without saying more details about the situation, I, I immediately got the interpretation. I shared that with her at the moment. And I said, with this situation, you know, that you're going through, don't worry. When you're going to feel weak, if you feel weak, he is strong. The Bible says that. Let the weak say, I am strong. Jesus is our strength. And he had the victory. And sure enough, things progressed after that the next couple months and, and years. And then I reminded her a couple months later, I said, do you remember that? And she was just like, oh. And that's when her jaw was on the floor. I said, you see how the Holy Spirit was preparing you and letting you know. And now confirming it that he has the victory. Somehow, some way, he is for us that somehow, some way, he's going to bring forth the joy, the restoration of our salvation. You know, Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for my good, for your good. Yeah, yeah, it looks like we're in the boxing ring. It looks like we're 
punched out. It looks like she was like, oh, I can't do this. I'm gone, you know. But yet there was a tag. It's a tag team. And Jesus came in with ginormous, huge gloves and just gave her the victory. And so we believe and we continue to believe in all things that she will continue to see a manifestation of the victory in her life and, and everything around that. So tonight, as we continue to go on with the Bible study, I wanted to highlight, I have a lot of notes here, but we're not going to get to all of them, but I wanted to highlight and I wanted to encourage you to go read this this week or next week when you have a chance. Uh, I wanted to highlight the life of Joseph. We all know the life of Joseph. But if you'll go through, you can look through Genesis 37 through chapter 47. It's a lot of chapters. Genesis chapter 37 through 47. And it's uh, highlighting the life of Joseph. And you remember that Joseph at 17 years old had a dream, right? He was a young man. Anybody 17 here? Not really, right? Y'all are kind of in between 17. Almost. Almost 17. Okay. So he had a dream. And in the dream, he um, it was revealed to him that you know, the whole interpretation that his family, his father, mother, and his brothers would be bowing to him. Okay, he shared the dream with his brothers and everybody was upset. And what do you think? And who do you think you are, right? And so he had the dream again. And same type of scenario, they were bowing to him. He shares it with his brothers and his father. And even his father's like, son, what are you thinking? You know, because normally the way the family structure was, you always respect father and mother. If anything, you submit you kind of like bow to them, you submit to them, you honor them. Not necessarily the other way around. And so, um, you know that he gets uh, eventually sold off into slavery, right? He ends up being taken to Egypt, uh, serving in Potiphar's house, the, the captain of the guard, which was very high up, pretty much second in command, uh, you know, within their leadership there in, in Egypt. But he's serving him. He's honorable. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. But then Potiphar's wife has temptation, uh, sexual temptation, tries to seduce him and lure him in. But he had the fear of the Lord. And he said, no, 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 no. Like Pastor says, two-letter word, right? Just say no to sin, no to the enemy. It's hard sometimes if we're real, right? But it's possible. And so, um, you know, he said no. She she framed him and she said, no, he did this, he did that. He tried to take advantage of me. And so um, he gets uh, put in prison. And in prison, you're already thinking, oh, Lord, all I did was serve you and honor you. And look what happened. I just share something good, per se, right, with people or even my family. And boom, they knocked me down. Not only did they knock me down and throw me in a pit that has no water, so it was like, boom, you hit bottom. You ever feel like that sometimes? You hit rock bottom. There's nothing there to ease the fall, you know. But not only that, they sell me as a slave to people that were out of covenant with God. Okay. And then not only that, they go to my father and lie about it. And they say that an animal killed me. And they took his coat, his robe of many colors, and they put uh, blood on it from an animal. And so just lie after lie and, and destroying and destruction and everything that went on. So, you know, things seem to get from better, per se, like, wow, these things are promising these dreams to worse. Yeah, to worse, to worse, to worse. So he ends up in prison. But even there, he's favored of the Lord. 
He's favorite of the Lord and the keeper of the prison even puts him in charge of everything. I mean, talk about the joy of your salvation in a way in each scenario you're in that the Lord brings it to pass. Hey, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm helping you out. You're blessed. You're favored. You know, it doesn't matter who we are, even no matter what situation we're in in life. If we're in what seems like a prison that we can't get out of. Jesus is there and he's with us. The Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So he's there. He's in charge. Two of the prisoners, uh, the cupbearer and the baker, have dreams. Okay, what Joseph moved in, right? The beginning of his story starts with a dream. He interprets their dreams. And you know what happens? They come to pass. Both of them come to pass exactly as, as the interpretation was. But one of the men was restored. The cupbearer was restored to his place with the king. Okay. Um, and, you know, throughout his story, you see restoration. Because even when his brother Reuben was like, no, let's not kill him, this and that. Let's, I'm going to come back and find him. I'm going to restore him to my father. You know, he was thinking of all that. You see restoration throughout. And so even in this sense, because of Joseph's obedience and, and the, the calling on his life, per se, to interpret that, he brought restoration to that person, you know. And so then um, two years pass and everything. They forget to mention him to the king. But then the king has a dream, okay. The king has a dream and looks to magician, music, uh, magicians and, you know, all his soothsayers and people and his prophets, if you will, you know, asking for the interpretation. And they don't have what it means. They don't have the truth of the dream. And so... That's when the cupbearer remembers Joseph. Well, they bring Joseph out, they clean him up, and then he interprets the dream appropriately, accordingly. And it's a warning. And it says, hey, there's going to be seven years of plenty. Let's be smart. Let's use wisdom. Let's hoard that up in a sense. Let's store that up so that we can draw from it because the next seven years are going to be years of famine. Okay? And even area countries, area cities will come and you will be the one that looks good because they're going to purchase from you and they're going to desire what you have to survive. So fast forward, we know that Joseph is elevated to second in command of the whole nation of Egypt. Here in America, we would think that that's a vice president, right? Vice president, second in command. It's a pretty powerful office. And so sure enough, they follow his leadings and his promptings and, and the wisdom that he has. And they prepare and everything does happen. So the famine even hits the land that his ancestors are from, his father, his brothers. And they, the brothers tell the dad, hey, we've heard that there's this person in charge. And, you know, they got things going on. They have plenty. Their storehouses are full. So they go and they purchase grain from him. Fast forward a lot more because there's so much is loaded. And we know that at the end, what happens to Joseph and his brothers and his father? They are restored. Even after he wept two or three different times bitterly from deep within his soul because of everything that he had gone through, the turmoil, in a way, the uncertainty, you know, okay, why am I being thrown into a pit? Why am I being sold into slavery? Why is this lady accusing me of, of bothering her when I've done nothing wrong? All I'm doing is the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. What do we do? We strive to 
to to strive for the mark of the prize of the high calling in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. We strive to be obedient. We give our tithes and offerings. We love our brother. We forgive. Sometimes we are doing everything right, but the enemy will still try to come, steal, kill, and destroy. And we say, Lord, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? And it's not necessarily that we've done something wrong. Sometimes it is. Like I said, if we fall into flesh and and sin and and fall into temptation and you know our flesh is weak but he also said and sometimes we say lord why is this going on have have any of y'all ever asked that question if we can all be honest we can all raise our hands right <laughs> two hands two feet yeah <laughs> we can we can we're just being real tonight right we're studying god's word but you see that and and it's a coined phrase but you see that the Lord brought Joseph from the pit to the palace, from the bottom of a water well with no water. That's worse, right? You hit, you would think maybe you break a bone. You're like, oh, I'm out of wind. You know, who's going to help me out of here? From the pit to the palace to the second in command, he restored him fully. And not only his reputation in that sense, okay, even for being a prisoner, the reputation of being a prisoner, to bring in command and leadership, an example. But he also restored his family. He restored the joy of the freedom, the salvation of having his father in his life. Can you imagine all those years he didn't know his, his younger brother, his real biological brother, the same mom and dad, Benjamin. He didn't grow up and experience the joy of, you know, seeing his siblings get married becoming an uncle you know they didn't get to enjoy his renewed life that the lord gave him so many areas of things that had happened and that's why the pain and the hurt was so deep it was deep like within them so hard it probably went straight through you know like a knife have you ever felt that way before where people have mocked you or lied about you or cheated from you or hurt you you know, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, domestic violence, a lot that goes on that sometimes people will never know about, only you and God, you know. But tonight the Lord is saying, I want to restore. I want to restore relationships. I want to restore the joy that you once had. I want to restore the faith that we once had. You know, sometimes for different reasons, our faith gets smaller and lower and we start doubting God. And doubting is where I say, well, God, you didn't come through. Where were you when I needed you the most? You know, these are real emotions that people deal with. But that's where we have to go back to the word of God and say, okay, God, what happened? Where did I miss it? If I missed it, I repent. Show me where I missed it so that I can ask you for forgiveness and get my heart right and trust you. And God, even if things happen which are out of my control, people say, and sometimes they use it as a cliche, but it, it is true where they say, well, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Yes, he's sovereign. And he, he does have, you know, his will and his way. But we, when we know the word of God and we find out who he is and his characteristics and we find out who Jesus is and his characteristics, the Holy Spirit, our authority in the word, everything. We find out who God is and, and the full scope of Christianity. Then we know that we have authority to change things in the spiritual realm to where we don't even necessarily have to get to that point where we're doubting or questioning God. 
but we know in all things that he brings back what the enemy has stolen. There's a scripture that says the enemy will turn it back. It will be returned to a sevenfold. There's a scripture that talks about, uh, you know, Jesus gives to us. And in a way, it's restoration. 30, 60, 100 fold. There's even a scripture in Deuteronomy that says a thousand fold. That's a lot. That's enough for you. What, what people say, you're four and no more. <laughs> you know, that's enough for generations to come. And when that restoration comes, we know without a shadow of a doubt that only God could bring that to pass. Sometimes people have gone through things in their physical body. You know, you get a diagnosis, you get this, you get that. People struggle with cancer, people struggle with mental health, all kinds of things. And you think to yourself, man, well, I missed it. Will this happen? Will that happen? Hey, what happened, happened. Let's just give that to God get his word and claim his promises and say okay from this time forth and forevermore i'm going to trust you and i know you're my healer and you know i know you can restore me all the promises that the word of god says for our situation and that's what we hold on to uh, let's look at jeremiah chapter 17 verse 14. we examined the life of joseph I want you to go in your own time and read more details of how there was restoration. How even though in the depths of his soul he wept bitterly. At the end of that story there was joy. Renewed. Because now he had his family. Now he had his father. They brought the whole. <laughs> the whole ralea. The way they say <laughs> Everybody and their mama. Everybody came. And got to be there and, and partake of the blessing of his life. The blessing of his um, inheritance in a sense that the Lord had given him because he didn't have his proper inheritance at the time in his homeland with his family because of how he was displaced. So um, as we go on talking about restoration, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 14, and you can just encourage yourself with these as things come up and says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are the one that I praise. So in the many areas of our life where we go through things sometimes, we can stand on this promise from God that the Lord will heal us. He will heal our emotions. He will heal our mind, our spirit, as we become one with him that much more, spending time in his presence. He will heal our physical bodies. Nothing is impossible. The Bible says that. It's a promise. Nothing is impossible as long as it lines up with his word, as long as it lines up with his will, not something crazy that, you know, people create weird <laughs> religions or traditions of men. And then you're like, but I stand on that word and that tradition. That's not God's word. Then we can't claim it. He's not obligated to bring it to pass. But it says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Think about your life right now. Are you believing God for a restoration in some part where it's a healing? You can stand on this word. For you are the one I praise. Look at it in the message version. I don't know if y'all have the message, but you can look at it at home if you need to look at it in this version. And it says, um, I'm actually going to read 14 through 18. It says, God, pick up the pieces. So let's stop right there. Sometimes we do feel our life is broken into a, a million pieces, right? That's another phrase people say. Or like a puzzle, you open it and you scatter all the pieces. You're like, oh, how in the world am I going to put this together, right? Life feels hard sometimes. 
It is hard. It breaks us sometimes. People break us sometimes. But that's not the end. That's not the end, okay? God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. You are my praise. Listen to how they talk about me. So where's this word of God? Have you ever had that before when people say, where's your God? I hear you praying. I hear you naming and claiming and giving all your money to the church. You don't, you know, you ain't giving it to the church. You're giving it to your pastors. You're giving it to people. You're giving it. Of course, they don't have a revelation of what the Bible says. Yes, you give to people because we're people. God is not here as a person anymore. Jesus is already ascended back to heaven with God. But God calls men and women and different people that we are supposed to sow. So it passes through their hands, but it's not necessarily theirs unless you give it to them. More so tithe and offerings. That goes to God. And Malachi talks about that. Will a man, man rob me? God is saying not. Will a man rob pastor so-and-so? Missionary so-and-so? No. Will a man rob God? Okay. So sometimes people uh, will mock us with that. So where's this word of God? Where's your God? I thought he was supposed to heal your body. I thought he was supposed to do this and that. Why'd you get a divorce? Why'd your kids this, that, and the other? Okay? People have a free will. Choices happen. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay? So it says, we'd like to see something happen. But it wasn't my idea to call for doomsday. I never wanted trouble. You know what I've said. It's all out in the open before you. Don't add to my troubles. Give me some relief. Let those who harass me be harassed, not me. Let them be disgraced, not me. Bring down upon them the day of doom. Lower the boom, boom. So it's like an intimate prayer in a sense that they're having with God here in Jeremiah. <clears throat> and so people are taunting them or, or mocking them or where's your God and you think you're so holy and all kinds of mess, you know, to try to get to us, to try to bring doubt and unbelief. To try to knock us off of our faith to where we'll start to believe them well you know what yeah where was god why did this happen why was there a death in my family and if we let it it will sow itself as a seed within us and it will reap a harvest just like you sow a garden you know you sow a seed and then out comes the corn and out comes the bell peppers and out comes the jalapenos mm -hmm. if we let it it will produce a harvest and that's we got to be careful to watch what we hear Watch what we see, cut out what's not of God. Watch what we let it, it, you know, itself get rooted into our hearts so that we can have a seed of restoration, a seed of fruit, a seed of a good harvest. Okay, So that's where we trust God. And even if people the next couple weeks bombard you, mock you, pick on you, the devil brings thoughts to our minds, we have to shut them down with the word of God. And I like what uh, my mom says sometimes. You know, throughout the years as she was praying about different situations, she'll say, shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Jesus' name, shut up. Just telling him to be quiet. Just be quiet. Get out of my mind. Get out of my everything. I'm not going to listen to what so-and-so said. I'm not going to listen to myself. I'm not going to myself, my own thoughts sometimes. I'm not going to listen to even my family sometimes. If it doesn't line up with God's word, be quiet. Get out. Get out. Be quiet. And then replace it with God's word. And what God's word is doing is it's restoring. It's bringing healing. It's bringing faith. It's bringing that, that joy again. That peace again. Okay? We can say, nope, 
God's got this. And not just like a, like a mystical fairy tale, like, oh, God's got this. God's got this. Don't just say it to say it. Say it because you have authority, because you know that you know. You have power in that word. God has got this. I'm not going to worry about it. He's my Abba Father. He's Daddy God. Okay, he's God. I'm just a person. <laughs> yes, I have, you know, authority in Jesus' name, but it's not my job to perform the miracle. It's my job to just, what? Only believe. The Bible says that. Only believe and you'll see the goodness of God. You'll see the glory of God. Now, sometimes we say, well, I believed and I believed and I stood in faith and I stood in faith and nothing happened. Well, you know, Brother Isaiah Reed always says, well, somebody's lying. God ain't lying. Because God, the Bible says, is not a man like you and me, mankind. Then we lie sometimes, right? Have you ever told a white lie? Or a brown lie? <laughs> or a black lie? Yeah, we all have. Sad to say, we all have at some point in our life. But he's not mankind that he would lie. He is truth. And his truth sets us free. And so if he's telling us this, this, this about our situation, we can depend on that. And we trust in that. And so that's why we got to pull down those lies. The Bible talks about casting down imaginations. And every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, against God's word. That's his the knowledge, you know. His knowledge to us how to operate in this world, and the knowledge that we can possess, how to operate and be victorious. So we cast it down. I had a situation at work a couple months ago, and things got overwhelming. So I just had to say, okay, break time. We, we say we're going to go to the restroom, which we do, and then we just walk. And So I went to the restroom on the other side of the building. <laughs> well, nobody bothered me. And I had to, in the natural, we say positive self-talk. But as a Christian, a born-again Christian, what it was was faith, right? Building yourself up and everything. And so I had to cast that down. Okay, Lord, this, this. And I actually went through the motions. If that's what you have to do, do it. You do the verbal with the faith, right? Like pastors when they're praying for people. Okay, do something you couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. Stretch. That's an action to your faith. Praise God, my shoulder's healed. Praise God, my neck is healed, you know? So the actions to my faith at that time for that situation was, okay, Lord, I cast this down. That's not my thought. Nope, it's gone. You know, and I took care of the situation of what I was dealing with. But then don't just leave it. The Bible says, like, open where other spirits can come, other thoughts, other situations. Replace it with God's word. So I took care of it, and then I said the opposite. Because usually when the enemy brings stuff against you, he's trying to rob your shelves, take what you got in that store, storehouse of the word of God okay he'll take and it's always a lie the Bible says he is the father of lies so if it's a lie whatever he said think the opposite because that's the truth God is truth his word is truth so what I did is I took the lies got rid of them and then I replaced it with the truth so, you know, what I needed, God, give me peace. God, this, I have the mind of Christ. I have wisdom. You've given me favor. I have witty ideas. You've blessed me. I'm prosperous here. You're going to provide my every need. I have strength, whatever, all of God's word. So really what I did to myself and my mind, really it was my mind, my spirit, man. And then my, my body, because I was starting to get a little anxious, 
I said, no, 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 fear, fear. Fear is not mine. Get out. And I released the spirit of peace. So what I did was I restored myself. I restored my spirit, man. I tell you what, after a few minutes, a handful of minutes, I walked out, went back in. My normal self, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> right? And I went back in. They would have never known anything. But I took care of the problem that the enemy was trying to bring this and this and this and this and this and fear. Like, no. We have stuff to do. We have things to do. We don't have time for this. And so we operate in God's goodness. So, he will restore to us. Here's another scripture. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. So again, this is, you know, uh, referring to health. But it could be health and wholeness in any area of our life. Physical, mental, all that I'm talking about tonight. Relationships with your spouse, with your children, with your employer. Sometimes there's friction, right? We work with all kinds of people. <laughs> there, I've shared this before. One time I, I had a particular boss that um, it was very difficult to work with this person. And for a while, weeks to months, every day I was like, that's it. I am done. I'm done. I don't need this. You know, this is demonic. <laughs> you know, just a lot of stress. It's like... I'm doing everything right. Like, what's the deal? It's a long story, but it was a spiritual friction. It was just the enemy trying to come in and steal my joy. And uh, thankfully, I pushed through, and that person eventually went to another job in another town and stuff, and I had peace again. My joy of my salvation was restored. But, you know, you just have to push through and trust God that he's going to heal us in all areas of our life, in all of our relationships. He's going to bring wholeness to us, even to our wounds. Wounds are normally, they can be external, but they're normally internal, like a bruise is internal. Or you have, you know, some people have, yeah, emotional wounds, organ failure, things like that. Inner things that we have need of, mostly emotional. But inner things that people sometimes don't know about, okay? God can heal that within us and restore to us his peace. Restore to us his joy. Restore to us, you know, just the knowledge of who he is. But we have to open ourselves to that. Okay? When a, a semi-truck is coming to, to super us, to Lowe's, if the door's locked, Hello, manager, where you at? I got a whole semi ready to restore your shelves. Where are you at? And if we don't let him in, we're like, No, no, come back, or whatever our excuse is, then we don't have the benefit of having that restoration comes so we have to allow the lord to come on into our wounds into our heart how many of y'all know right now if you're believing god to restore something there's things in your heart you're like no i can't go there because i'm gonna start crying i can't go there because i'm gonna get angry i'm gonna get upset i'm gonna go back to memories of the past and things i've held on to or people I haven't forgiven sometimes as humans we have things like that right but if we open our heart to Jesus, if we open our heart to his healing anointing, it's uh, being vulnerable with Jesus or even just people that we feel like we can trust takes a lot of guts, takes a lot of effort. Sometimes it can feel maybe embarrassing or shameful, whether we were at fault or somebody else is at fault and 
whatever the situation was. But a lot of times we have to take that step to be able to open our heart and say, God, I need your help. I know I messed up. I know somebody else, you know, did me wrong and I'm hurt and I'm wounded and I, I hate or have bitterness. Things that we hide sometimes from people. We can never hide it from God. But we hide it from people. But if we open ourselves up, he goes in there and he just fixes it. And he restores. And he brings forgiveness. That sometimes we cannot forgive people in our own strength and our own might. But he gives us the power to do it. He brings love for people. People that maybe we've hated because they treated us ugly. And they did treat us wrong. And they do deserve everything that they get, you know. But the mercy of God says, hey, love them. Jesus, what did he say to people on the cross that crucified him? Crucified him. The Messiah. Yeah, on the cross he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. If that's not love, I don't know what is. If somebody, I've mentioned it before, you know, killed your child and the, your child's blood was there and they're stomping it and just, just disrespectful and hateful. and Man, you'd want to kill them, right? <laughs> you'd want to say... You know, I'm going to do something. Yeah, crucify you. I'm going to do something. I'm going to end up in prison. So these people murdered Jesus. But Jesus is still up there in his last breaths, you know, saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I've even said at times what we should do beyond that even is not only for they know not what they do, but Father, forgive them when they know what they do. Because some people will get us and just turn that thing within us right like a pitchfork or a knife oh yeah and they'll just turn it and you're like oh i'm dying but that's where we trust in the lord that hey you can cut me any which way you want i'm already dead the bible talks about that we're a new creation in christ we're already dead to ourselves you know and then we know it's persecution we know the enemy's just using people to get to us so anyway he restores and he heals our wounds within 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. It says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. The situation we're going through is just for a season. It's not going to last forever because we already have the victory in the Lord, and he will bring that about. He will manifest it. So what's he going to do? He's going to make us strong. That's part of our joy. Okay, renewing the joy of our salvation. He's going to set us to be firm. We're firm. The Bible talks about that. That I'm a firm, uh, planted firmly like a tree beside the rivers of living water. We're going to stand firm. We're going to be rooted and grounded in him and his word. And he is, is the vine. We're the branches. What does water do when it goes up into a plant? It restores the leaves, right? If a branch is broken, you know, maybe it's pruned or something. It brings strength to it. It brings fruit. Yeah. Okay. And he's going to bring us to be steadfast. We're going to stand. We're going to be stead, standing fast. Nothing's going to move us. The things that move us are the things that we allow to move us. If we allow temptation to come in, it's going to overtake and cause havoc. If we allow sin, you know, we give in to something. It's going to have its consequences. If we allow people to, to badger us and hate on us and, 
you know, so thoughts like, well, you're stupid and you're not smart enough and you can't go to college and you this and you that and you're not pretty enough and you're not whatever the enemy throws at us. If we meditate on that and we accept that and that's in our storehouse, then yeah, that's what's going to come to pass. That's what we're going to believe about ourselves. But if we say, nope, nope, reject, void, void, and we put in God's word, he's going to have us steadfast. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, moving into hope, restoration and hope. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. All right, the Lord's talking about joy tonight with restoration. He's going to give you that fresh happiness that's only found in him and not an earthly, fleshly happiness, but a satisfaction. Okay, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So here you see the three manifestations in this particular scripture of restoration and of strength and hoping in the Lord. You're going to soar. You're going to be above the situation. You're going to be above whatever the enemy is trying to throw at you. Okay, you're going to look down at it in victory. Okay, you're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to outrun. People are saying, hey, come here. And they pull you, right? They want to hold you in bondage like they're in bondage. Sad to say, you don't want them to be in bondage. But if they have faith like you do, they can run, right? So they're trying to hold you back. They're trying to bring you down. Well, this is the way it's always been. Well, this is the way our family's always struggled and been in poverty or whatever the situation is. Nobody's gone to college. Okay, they try to hold us back. But if we let loose of that mentality and we walk on with God and we run, okay, he, he promises to be our strength. We're not going to be weary. And then we'll walk and not faint. Just like that vision I had where the lady was going to faint. She was like, I'm done. I got the knockout blow. No, she didn't faint. And even then, the Lord moved her aside, did a tag team, and won the victory for her. Sister Ruthie sings that song. I love it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up as wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. To wait on him to bring it to pass as we stand in faith. To wait on him as a waitress and a waiter serving and giving and loving, being a blessing to others. And he's going to reward that. Okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight. We're given this promise that when we are feeling down, when we are going through a situation, Jesus said, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest is a part of restore. When the store is finally restocked, right? The semi has done their job, the, the truck driver, the managers, everybody put, the stalkers put everything up. What did everybody do? Okay, break room, take five. Lunch break. No, I got lunch. I got lunch. Everybody gets to rest. Things are fine. Things are at peace. It has been a restoration that comes about. The weariness that we have sometimes with life, things that happen, just give it to the Lord. The Bible says cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for us. He cares for you. He cares for me. And when we take that and say, Lord, I cannot deal with this anymore, and we give it to him, we feel a relief. We feel like weight has been lifted from us. I've done that before, even a couple weeks ago, with some things going on. I was like, oh, Lord, this is a lot. 
This is a lot. And so when I prayed about it, I said, hey, you say to cast our cares on you. And so I did as I prayed, as I released things to God. And when you leave it, we've heard this before too, kind of cliche. When you leave it at the feet of Jesus, we can't take it back up. Because if we take it back up, then we're taking that load upon us again. We're acting like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, the joy of the Lord isn't my strength. My strength is my strength. Give me that. I got this. I got this. We can't do it. Because if so, we would have already done it. <laughs> Wouldn't even be in the situation, you know. But we give it to God and he will take care of it. And we just have to trust. We have to trust. The Bible says that faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. And we were talking about hope a little earlier. But the evidence of things not yet seen. God's whole system operates on faith. If we knew everything, which I'm guilty of that, I like to, I'm a planner, so I like to know as much as possible to plan, okay? If you change things on me, it's okay, but I don't prefer it. Because <laughs> I've always been used my whole life to being in charge of a lot of things, and I'm like, okay, I gotta have this planned out, okay? But anyway. If we trust in him and we lean on him and we just put our faith in him and say, okay, I can't do this. I can't plan for this. I'm going to let you do it. Then he'll take care of it somehow, some way. If he is daddy God, the Bible says that. If if you go to your father and you say, hey, give me bread, give me this, give me that, give me something good, a fish. Is he going to give you a scorpion? Okay, Brother John... Genoa says, hey, I want Subway sandwich. No, bro, here's a scorpion. Eat that. <laughs> Why would he say that? Knowing it'll harm his child. Fry it. Fry it. Yeah, no, don't fry it. <laughs> but you want the best for your children. And even for his own namesake, for God's own namesake, he will make himself good. He's going to perform good in your life. The problem, really the problem that gets in the way is our mind. Because people say stuff, we say stuff, the enemy says stuff, but we only act and operate based on our mind, our brain, okay? You say, I want that bottle of water, okay? And I'm thinking, I want that bottle of water. I really wish I had that bottle of water. But if you don't tell with your mind and take authority of your body, okay, arm, reach out and get that bottle of water, okay? There we go. Drink the water, put it back. How did the body function with the mind? And how did the mind function? Yourself, right? Using authority to tell it what to do. So if we use authority and say, hey, I'm weary, I'm burdened, but I'm coming to you for rest. I'm casting my cares on you. This is your problem. I was hearing Kenneth Copeland yesterday morning, right before I walked into work, and <clears throat> he was sharing how another minister, you know, these big ministries, they got bills upon bills. They're on TV. They're on they do magazines. They publish a lot to get the word out and a lot of resources. And, and that other minister would get his bills and he'd say, Abba Father, Daddy God, these are your bills. I'm not obligated to pay them. You are. You call me to do this ministry. You have to somehow use people, you know, bring a miraculous check in the mail, something. You have to take care of it. It seems kind of weird maybe in a sense for some people, but that's the relationship that that person had with them. They're so restored and renewed with the word of God within them that they say, hey, Lord, I trust you to take care of it. Yeah, you know, you, you use wisdom. You do what you got to do. You have budgets within ministry and different things. 
But you don't have to stress out and get anxious and depressed. Like, oh my God, oh my God, our bills are due. What are we going to do? Oh my God, God let us down again. What are we going to do? Uh, who is God? Why is God? That's true what they said. You know, that's just, that's just flesh. That's just doubt. That's just unbelief. That's fear. It's anxiety. We, we don't have to do that because we can trust in our God. The message version of that says, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? You feel like maybe our faith doesn't work sometimes? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. You'll be restored. There's a beautiful song. If you ever have a chance to hear a group called Jesus Culture, it says, Come away. It says, Come away with me. Come away with me. It's part of intimacy and fellowship. We know who the Lord is because of that time spent with him, resting in him, we get refreshed and renewed and rejuvenated. Okay, you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. So not just also like restore, 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 Lord. Give me, give me, give me, give me, which is part of our blessing and our covenant rights with the Lord. But also, hey, what can I do for you? See how this says work with me. Okay, part of working with him, too, is activating and acting on our faith. Hey, God, this is your word. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to work it. One sister that used to come to church and say, I'm going to work it for my true king. <laughs> we joke at home about that, but we have at our jobs, right, Brother John, the user's manual. You can't just have the user's manual there and you don't work it. You don't do what it says and then expect a profit or production. You have to take what's there, use the other wisdom you have, put it to work, and then you have results. Then your company has profits. Okay? That's what we do by faith. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't it good to be free and to not have a care in the world, per se, because we trust God? Yes, it is. And finally, as we wind down, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that scripture is loaded with everything we're already talking about. <laughs> may the God of hope, we put our hope in him. We trust in him because we're able to do that. And he is well able to perform and manifest. May he fill us with joy. That's the strength. That's the, the jubilation, the fulfillment and peace. Shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. If the enemy tries to attack us in a certain way, you can say, no. You've heard this phrase that sometimes you say, not today, Satan. Mm -hmm. Okay, not today, Satan. I have shalom. I have peace. Nothing missing. And nothing broken. That's what my father God says. And that's what I stand on. Period. Exclamation mark. As we trust in him. So that we overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So not even filling up a little bit. Not even at the brim. But overflowing. That's an abundance of whatever we had to eat up. That's not only restoration. But that's more than enough. You can declare this when things come up. Joel 3. 10. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. I had a friend the other day going through something and I was just encouraging him and everything. And I said, hey, 
let the weak, because obviously you're going through something, right, in your physical body or whatever situation, let the weak say, I am strong. See? So what is that? It's an opposite. Yeah, fact, I'm weak, I'm going through something, but then faith is greater than fact. I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The NIV says, instead of I am strong, it says, I am a warrior. I'm a warrior. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I have the ability to overcome. I have the ability to, to throw my stone at Goliath and defeat him. And it wasn't even necessarily the stone that killed Goliath was the first step of killing Goliath. It was the authority behind that stone. It was the power of God. Can you imagine a little stone when you throw it, right? You throw it. Like you see baseball uh, pitchers, they throw pretty hard, 90 miles an hour, okay? You throw it and you would think, that's going to go in and hurt somebody? Yeah, it would hurt somebody. But to knock them down, unconscious maybe, that's the power of God behind that stone. And then, you know, he took the sword and he finished the job. He cut off his head. He made a statement. God don't play. When, when the enemy comes after one of his own, he don't play. He says, hey, my authority's there. You're down and out. And then my authority's there. I destroy you completely. You're, that person, that, that situation, that situation is silenced. Okay? And what we do in all things before, during, and after while restoration is coming, we're going to close with this scripture. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. What we do, not only in standing in faith and declaring God's word and trusting God and all these other things we talked about, is that we praise. When, when we come away with the Lord, we praise. We offer worship. We remind him. The Bible says that. Remind me of my word. Okay? And then it doesn't return void. We remind him, God, you are sovereign. You are majestic. You're all powerful. You're all sufficient. You hold the world in your hands. You created the universe that is still, you know, in existence and still creating itself. I love to follow NASA on Facebook. Wow. The things that the telescopes see out there today. It talks about a new star was formed. And look at this and this and that is brilliant colors and stars and planets. And I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe. I love to see that because it reminds me of the power of God. And so in all of that that we do, we praise his name. We worship him for who he is. And, and then we remind him, hey, you said you're a healer. You said you would restore to me the joy of my salvation. You said that as for me and my house will serve the Lord. You said that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I walk in forgiveness. I'm doing my part. So you're obligated to do your part. Some people are like, well, you can't boss God around. I'm not bossing him around. I'm holding him to his word. He says that. Prove me now and see. Okay? If I'll not open the windows of heaven, and Malachi talks about that pertaining to tithe and offering. But in any area, prove me now if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. What did the scripture just say? <laughs> May overflow with hope and power. So, praise. It says in verse 1, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. It doesn't matter what we're going through, what it looks like, 
what the doctor said, what our finances say, okay? When we work God's word, it works. Praise the Lord. Verse 2, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's his covenant promises. We don't forget them. We keep them in our mind day and night. The Bible talks about that, meditating on it day and night. You hear a worship song in the morning. You pray throughout the day. You, uh, you know, call brothers and sisters and, and talk to them. You send an encouraging word. At night you pray. You hear sermons throughout the day, maybe in your lunch break. You're meditating on his word. In our innermost being, we're getting revelation of who he is and we praise his name. We forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all of our sins when we confess them. Okay, we have to confess them. And heals all of our diseases. The wounds within, the physical ailments, whatever's going on. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Redeem is another word for restore. He restores us. From where? The pit. We talked about Joseph. The life of Joseph from the pit to the palace, from the pit to prestige, to a place of honor, of respect, and crowns you with love and compassion. Joseph, I imagine, had some form of a crown or a necklace or a signet ring, something, a robe, showing that he was in a place of authority, that people were submitted to him just as he was submitted to Pharaoh. I'm sure he had leadership boards you know, deacons in a way, all these different teams and managerial people underneath him. He was trusted with that. So the Lord will elevate us from a pit to a place of a crown where we know we're royalty in Christ Jesus, but a place where even other people, even the enemy can see that's a king and a priest. The Bible says we're kings and priests to our God. And so we cannot be touched. We're covered by the blood and we cannot be touched. And then verse five, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles he satisfies our life with good things not with evil the bible talks about that time and time again god is a god of goodness and mercy and grace and for him to go against his own word and his own self it would be crazy it would be a double negative if god says he's good but yet he does bad to people and he would bring sickness on people then what's the point of serving God? He would be going against himself as the opposite of his character. And because it would be opposite, then he would not be true. He would be false. But we see in the Bible that even people that say that, that's all a lie. Because he would not go against his own word. He's a good father. He's a truth. He's just. He's majestic. And uh, he renews us and gives us the desires of our hearts. So just be encouraged that... I mean, we all go through stuff. We all go through stuff. Sometimes my family goes through stuff that eventually if we tell people, you know, people will be like, wow, that's large. That's small. That's great. That's whatever. But, you know, when we trust God and we stand on his word and we put his word to work, then we see it manifest. We see him come through. He redeems all things. And so we worship him now, we praise him now, we declare his goodness now, we, we speak even into the future. Hey, this happened, the Lord had mercy, it was taken care of, you know, whatever happened. But hey, in the future, this is what's going to happen. I'm blessed this way. Lord, you're going to manifest this. I believe this. I believe that. And we take authority and we see it. It has to submit to us. 
Well, we're in that boxing ring. Hey, I'm in charge. You might as well just fall yourself and faint yourself. I don't even have to hit you <laughs> because I am victorious. So just as you meditate on these scriptures, as you go about your day spending time with God, you know, while you're cooking, while you're doing the laundry, you know, as you, t you rest, lay down, and take a little nap, just meditate. Okay, God, this is what I've been going through. This is how it's been hard. God, you already know all of this stuff. It's nothing new that I'm saying to you. But God, I need you to help me. I need you to give me joy. I need your peace. I need your direction. And we can talk to God that way. It's not like, Holy Father, thou art majestic in all the land. You know, some people do talk like that. But we can just, like I'm talking to you, like I'm talking to those of you watching online. It's a relationship. It's a friendship. But yet it's it's a, a, a deity, you know, a God that you're talking to. But you can be real with him. You can tell him, Lord, I'm struggling in this area and I need your help. I really need you to come through. And remember, don't just talk the problem per se, the facts per se. We have to bring in the word of God. We have to fill that void, okay, with God's word. And say, okay, God, I'm having mental stress right now. I'm really going through anxiety and stuff. But your word says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Cast my care. That you give me peace, you give me the mind of Christ. See, and then when we, we fill ourselves with that, we restore ourselves, then we have that peace. And it's not fake. It's not something that only I have or only you have or only you have that's watching. It's for whosoever will, whoever chooses. Jesus doesn't say it's for Sister Minnie and not for Linda. It's for Lily and not Genoa. Then what kind of father would he be? What kind of God would he be? And even when we don't see things working yet in our behalf, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. We talked about it. Even when we're weary and we're burdened and we're like, I'm fixing to faint in this boxing ring. Don't give up hope because Jesus is there to say, I got this tag. I'm it. Go rest in me. Go relax. I got this. And boom, with one blow, you will see the Lord come to pass. You will see it. And we just have to stand on that word. Amen. 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 He's good. And he's restoring us. He's restoring my family. He's restoring all things that we're all believing for. And we rejoice now. We just have a smile on our face and we say, not today, Satan. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm victorious. And God's got this. And maybe you do a little jig at work, right? I don't know about dancing for me, but <laughs> and people might say, well, why do you have so much joy? Don't you know you're going through this and that? Yeah, hey, God's got this. Remember one lady a couple years ago, maybe five years ago, I was dealing with a situation. I was in a wheelchair for a whole year. Sister Margie, I was having some issues and I was in a wheelchair. And one lady from a different office on campus said, she's so cute. She's a little, little old lady. And uh, she'd call me, Miss Joy. Yes, ma'am. I don't know what it is about you, but I mean, you're in a wheelchair. Look what you're going through and you still have a smile. You're still like, everything's all right. I said, well, the facts is it ain't all right. <laughs> but the truth is, the faith is, the truth of the word of God is everything's going to be all right. Somehow, some way. And sure enough, the Lord, you know, has brought manifestation. And we believe God that all things are restored. In Jesus' name. So, anyway, thank you for tuning in. For those of y'all watching online, we love you. We hope that you uh, let us know that you're watching and where you're watching from. 
We hope that you will go back and watch archived episodes of different services or Bible studies that have passed. Um, or that you would join us in person there at 713 Highway 35 South in Port Lavaca, Texas on Sundays at 10 a.m. for powerful services. I tell you what, this past Sunday was so good. So good. Pastor Ruben was talking on honor, and it was just a blessing. If you have a chance to go back and watch that, facebook.com slash GNC Victoria. If you'd like to sow towards this particular ministry, Outreach of the Good News Church and Pastor Ruben and Rosie, you can go to our website, gncvictoria.com. There's a place on the right-hand top corner to give online. We love y'all. We're praying for you. And I know our pastors send their love. And thank you um, for being faithful watchers, watchers also to this ministry. So God bless you. Until next time, we'll see you. Well, I pray you were encouraged by that word of the Lord ministered at our Good News Church Tuesday night Bible study here in Yorktown, Texas. Thank you again for participating with us as we studied God's word, as we got revelation, as we were encouraged to know that whatever we've gone through in any form or fashion, spirit, soul, mind, or body, that God is faithful. He's been with us through it all. He will continue to be with us in the midst of the storm. And I tell you what, we are coming out victorious. We already have the victory. It just has to manifest. And I pray that it manifests even today for you in Jesus' name. So be encouraged, rest assured, God is restoring all things unto you as his word says. We can stand on his promises, confident in faith that he is the God of exceedingly, abundantly, and above all. And we put our hope and our trust in him, and we rejoice in his goodness, knowing that it's all for his glory. The manifestation of the victory is all for his glory. So we praise him for that in Jesus' name. Thank you again for tuning in. We encourage you not only to listen, but to share this broadcast with others. Until next time, God bless you. <music>